What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by untuckit.com, promo code HAM, and mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, and ease.com and easewellness.com, promo code HAM, and SeatGeek. Download the app, promo code HAM. Now to the segment. There are a lot of different scenarios. I don't think I would have picked quite that level of blowout. One thing we're seeing with this team is like they've played down a couple times to the Cardinals, but holy smokes. I mean, 37 to 8, I wouldn't have believed that in a million years. One game changer that stuck out to me is when this team's good, one advantage they have is people around here get fucking lit for these night games, you know? And it happened at Candlestick. It obviously happened with Harbaugh at that first year at Levi's. It really hasn't happened much the last couple of years. They don't, they're not getting flexed into games. Remember last year they got flexed out of a couple it does, to me, change the stadium a little bit. Like, obviously, the team's going to be well-prepared under Kyle. Obviously, he's going to have some wrinkles. Clearly, with this team, their defense is going to be really good. But there's something about a night game at home when you're a legit franchise that makes it feel like it's hard to beat, man. I mean, that place, you don't hear many people talking shit about Levi's. And again, I, I don't claim to love it just because a location. I, I've never, like, oh, the stadium. The stadium's fine. As my, my buddy Robbie... Took us, uh, took me to the game a couple weeks ago against Seattle. Was saying that the the architect, and maybe we've known this forever. I mean, I always knew it because it looked just like it. Was the same guy that drew up the link in Philly. It feels the fucking same. The open deal. It's the same deal. The difference where everyone blows the Philly one is because it's right, you know, in the cool spot where all the other stadiums are. If this stadium was right next to Oracle Park, people would love it. That and the, the sun. Only, again, that and the sun. Right. Those are the two biggest complaints: location and the sun on one side. And the sun, yeah, and the sun. That's, but, and that's that's a fair criticism. Yeah. But there's no sun at night. Yeah, it was awesome. The, when they did, when rocks. they would do shots at downtown San Francisco, or there's the Bay Bridge, Oakland on the other side. No, it just was like, yeah, that works. Like, I'm cool with you guys shooting that and then going straight from that shot of downtown San Francisco to Santa Clara to the stadium. Guy, only, you know, Oakland guy gets mad at that, right? 
Yeah, I'm not even talking about that though. Although I've made fun of that a lot, I just meant like it just went. It, they they, it looked like it belonged. A shot of downtown and then a shot of that stadium at night. It just they both look sweet. It's, I just mean like it. It looked sweet. It just looked sweet. It was just two shots of sweet looking things back to back. Um, I you know the other thing that's clear, man, is like Kyle's really good. Jimmy's really good. Kittle, as we predicted on the podcast this week, was going to have a huge game, and he did. It's what hap- it's what's happened to the Packers when they've played some of the best tight ends in the league, and he might be the best of them all. Um, but when they With get a broken elite, foot, are they even at night? Even at night, you can <laughs> guarantee it. People are coming back from the marina, ready to party, ready to go hang out with the bros. John, did you know D Ford was out tonight? Because they still look like the fastest defensive line in the NFL. Yeah, I mean their their defense. Or last night, if you're listening to this now. To me, their defensive line, that first, they kind of set the tone, I thought, that first, like, three or four possessions where it was like, you guys aren't fucking with us tonight. It's on, like, Donkey Kong. And then, like, the one thing that they don't do is they don't really take their foot off the gas. I mean, isn't that literally their their whatever motto? All gas, no brakes or whatever? <laughs> yeah. You know, it sounds kind of cheesy until you're like, God damn, they all are gas, no brakes. It looks like Elon Musk flying down the street in the truck, you know, just hauling ass. Without the flying broken windows. Flying around the F-150 without the broken windows. But in broken fairness, window they, theory. The, they did throw the ball at the window, he claimed, when no one was looking for a while, and it, and it held up. Those D-linemen, what, now, I, I'm always hesitant. Listen, Bosa's established himself as a really good player, but he, the guy he was kicking his ass tonight was the backup right tackle, right? Because Blaga goes out, they put in the backup, and it's just, it's time to go. That That's one of those, and that's the great part about sports. You know, as Belichick said the other night on the NFL 100, Shinzu Art of War said, uh, protect weaknesses and attack strengths. Mm. You know, or, or Wait, something what? like that. You, 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 you want to protect your weaknesses and you want to use your strengths to attack. It's basically was his mindset. Like, just summing up why he's a good coach. Because he was named one of the great coaches of all time. And they're like, how'd you do it? He's like, well, this isn't that complicated. You just use your strengths, and you use them to attack. And you find your weaknesses, and you just try to hide them. Like, they don't ask Tom Brady to scramble. The 49ers don't ask Nick Bosa to do anything but spread out over the tight end or the tackle and rush. And, and kick it. And same with Buckner and Armstead. Ideal scheme for them. Just one gap, get up field. Listen, Haberman's as big of an Armstead hater as you'll ever meet for was, a long time. Was, asterisk, was. was. <laughs> I was too. I, I, How did Ricky I Waters feel about it that night when he was there with us at that Hooters in uh, but San to me, Bruno? To me, we were. to me, it's not even about the draft pick guy. I, I thought picking up his fifth-year option like a year ago was insanity. I'm like, what are you – I remember texting people tonight, what are you guys doing? He's like, well, Kyle and definitely Robert liked him. Because in, in his scheme, he thought he'd be a good fit. And I get, if you're around him, I think he clearly is a high-character guy. People like him. But no one can argue he has been dominant this season. He's been better than Buckner, guy. Hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, everyone talks about Bosa, but you could if you wanted to sit in front of me and argue that, uh, that Armstead has been their best defensive line on the best defensive line in the league, you have points. He's getting paid. Like, he's... His people in his ear, like Eric, we're getting paid this off season. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those where he's gonna be mad if they franchise him, right? It'll be like I deserve a long term deal, right? It's at it's at that level, and, and you even 
Like, what would be my argument? Well, he's only done it one season, but his one season was so good. And again, I, I would still kind of be not anti-Armstead. I would still be hesitant. I'd be like, well, is this the Armstead I get when I give him $75 million? But he, he's made it. He hasn't just made it a discussion. He's almost flipped like, if you're going to keep one of them and you're going to keep the scheme, do you keep him over Buckner? And Buckner's good. I've even texted some of my buddies in the league. They're like, well, you could argue Buckner's more consistent against the run, but the better pass rusher, your mom, John, can tell who's 91's back there more than 99. It's just, it, it's not that hard to figure out. He's he's an incredible pass rusher in this game. <laughs> and look at the look at the look at the Packers. We we were blowing the pa- the pass rushers all week long, and they're good. But you can take out a pass rusher when you can run it. That was the thing. Like once you get up. That's what makes the Niners pretty special oh. is if they can get a lead, and that's what the Patriots, or not the Patriots, but the Colts used to do, is that's what Bill Pauling built this whole thing up. We're going to have leads with Peyton Manning, and then we're going to have Mathis and Freeney, and we're going to come at your ass. And but it's part like, of yeah, the reason like, they well, get you're... the lead is because you can't even run the ball when the game starts, right? That's the added element to this defense. Yeah, because Fred Warren's just crushing skulls. <laughs> John, you that know who's second one... on the team in tackles on Sunday night? You want to take a guess? Uh, I would. Richard Sherman. Dre Greenlaw. You know how many solo tackles Fred Warner had? 11. Yes, all of his tackles were solo tackles. I, I scrolled down. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, he's a good player, you know? Sorry, I, I, you, were, you were making the Colts point. I'm just. I'm, well, yeah, it's, it's different. I'm just saying that was their mindset. And yeah, they only had true. two. Remember, everyone was like, Colts defensive sucks beside those two guys. That's. The Niners sometimes are like, is and Bob when he was really that good? Yeah. It, th- that was like seven games of his career. <laughs> they would you, the nine the thing with the Niners would be like, okay, you throw a quick screen. They got like seven DBs that will tackle. Then you're like, okay, you bypass the defensive line and you get to their linebackers. You got Warner and Greenlaw just flying around. Their their team speed on defense is not in a million years would I have ever imagined like six weeks ago, guy, that this defense would maintain this level of ass-kicking. Is it sustainable? I mean, it clearly yes. is because they've just sustained it all year long. Yes, so with this personality is they've lost, they've lost like key players and continue to... That's well, the thing. Who got hurt again tonight. And But they still... It's like you still... You go, all right, well, they got Armstead, they got Buckner, they got Bosa. I mean, Bosa, I, I think he's getting better as the season goes on. Feels that way. I think that's one hundred percent a fact. So I, I how just about Jimmy. How about Jimmy Ward? Where does that guy come from? Yeah. You think Trent Balky's at home? Like I picked that guy. Kwaski made he, a couple plays. I mean, Tart made a yeah, couple they, plays. How about Buckner when Bosa, when Bosa sacked, when Bosa sacked Rogers and Buckner, but like they, he wasn't in the grasp and he wasn't down yet, and Buckner came like over the top. Like Greg Luganus off the high dive, and just went head first into into Roger's stomach trying to get the ball out. It, it was just like he's gonna break him in half. You know how many yards Rogers threw for tonight? Johnny was three yards per attempt, which is the lowest of his career. What was the total? One hundred and four yards. He had That's twenty insane. completions and one hundred and four yards. He couldn't push the ball down the field. Well, they couldn't block for him. He looks pretty miserable. They did play up the, pretty heavily, and I get it. It's a television broadcast. This is a television show. You know, they passed on me, and they're going to pay. They're going to remember they passed on me. It's like, all right, we get it. Yeah, the Niners passed on them fucking 25 years ago. 
I mean, I, I mean, is we really got to play that storyline up again? I sound like, you know, just some pissed off typical fan, and I'm not. I mean, I don't even care about it. But it's just like, can we just play something else? I mean, Jesus Christ, we just, we just play the hits. I mean, you you've been a part of these production meetings more than me. like. Do we have to do that? Can we use something else? Could we could we have used the storyline? To me, the storyline is no longer Aaron Rodgers got passed by the Niners. That was 15 fucking years ago. To me, the storyline tonight is like Shanahan and his versus Minion. Or Rodgers, you know, has been taken advantage of by the Niners over this decade with the good Harbaugh teams. I, I don't know, something else. Am, am I, is that crazy? Uh, no, I, I think those are good storylines you're adding, but I also think... I also think it is one of the predominant storylines of Aaron Rodgers' career. And we just haven't had big games between these two teams for a few years. And it's not like Aaron was like, well, we'll see what happens. Aaron said, I'm going to make them regret the day that they didn't draft me. And it's the NFL 100, so they've been doing all kinds of historical stuff. Like, for all these games, there's been, like, historical right. stuff I mean, It's, it's a major so moment fit. in NFL history. So... Yeah, I'm good with it. I'm because to me, it's because we talk about it all the time. What would have happened? We talk about it out of out of the blue for no reason. What if Aaron Rodgers had been a Brown? Let alone what if Aaron Rodgers had been a Niner and Alex Smith had been a Packer? I just it's one of the well, that would have been a disaster. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. So I, I'm good with it. But I also think those other things were. I would have liked to have seen some of the Harbaugh Niner, but you, but you can't show Kaepernick highlights. Probably I don't know. You know, you're right. You, you know, you can't. Like, what are they going to do? Oh my God, Kaepernick looks incredible in this game. Yeah. yeah uh, meanwhile, yeah. here's rap sheet. Yeah, nobody is uh, called. <laughs> or Florio. Who's that? Yeah, it's like Chris Collins. Whatever happened to that guy running the ball? Well, uh, have you been paying attention to the news? Yeah. Good point. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. It, it is a seminal moment for, for one of the. But but again, like I get Brady got past six rounds worth of. It's like. In 2018, Tom, you got five or six Super Bowls 20 years ago. Like 15 years ago, he's with the Green Bay fucking Packers. He didn't get drafted by the Bengals or the Bucks. He went to the Green Bay Packers, as Vince Lombardi once said. The Green Bay Packers. And he's won a Vince Super Bowl. Vince said the name of the team? Where did Vince... What, what, what quote is well, it? I, I, maybe someone else said that. Maybe it was Mike McCarthy two years ago. Remember when they asked him, like, do you take moral victories out of going eight and eight? And that's he's right. like, "We're the Green Bay Packers." That's right. Yeah, that's right. It was McCarthy that said it. Actually, L- Lombardi McCarthy. <laughs> but I do. I actually the one funny curveball that, and it was even funnier when he was the coach. Now that he's gone, I felt like he's probably at home, like drinking beer, watching this game. That they the the offensive coordinator for the Niners was surely wanted Alex Smith. You'd assume, right? And then the next year he becomes Aaron Rodgers' coach. But he was somewhat lucky. Part of that story that's missing in the puzzle is he didn't have to coach Aaron immediately, right? Because Favre was his quarterback for a couple years. So it wasn't like Aaron didn't have a choice to be mad at him, even though clearly he held that resentment deep down. (laughs) And he still harbors it to this day, right? probably stronger than ever. Like if you ask Aaron, why'd you guys lose tonight? The second thing he might say is McCarthy. Yeah, we ran some of Mike's. Yeah, he'd he'd probably be like, yeah, we... I implemented a couple things that we used to do with Mike, and yeah, it failed. I, I could see him saying that. What was the story of the game to you? Was it the Niners' offense? Was it their ability to run? Was it just that the Pack? I mean, it, I think what we're talking about is probably the biggest headline, right? Just the Packers couldn't do anything offensively. Yeah, have you, have you seen a more physical team in the NFL this year? Although they ran the ball a little bit. Um, no. no, no, no. I mean, like we're not saying New they're England's the really- most, but you're just saying like 
is I'd say New England be physical. New defense. England on defense is right up there, but their offense isn't quite as physical. That's and part of what makes the Niners like their offense is physical too. Yeah, and I think part of the reason you can say that it's not that the Niners football players necessarily are tougher. It's just they have so many freak bodies on their defensive front. Minnesota, I'd say that their front's pretty powerful, and they run the shit out of the ball with Cook, who will run you over. But when you it's slow, a little more when you star oriented though. To me, like the line, when we talk about war, like every football coach loves war in history. It's like the front lines are the front lines, right? Like, did you get a push? How much of their land did we take? Did we protect our land? Like, the most basic war analogies in football are the offensive and defensive lines. The trenches. And the 49ers are, they're like paratroopers just (laughs) into the backfield. It's crazy. So I think that's probably why some of why you feel that way. And they also think, yeah. Yeah, but but I, I think it's obviously their defense, but their offense. Think of their physical players, their skill guys on offense. Their best skill guy by far is the most physical tight end, you know, one of them I've ever seen. I mean, he's just a freak show. He's If he can stay healthy, he will have a Gronk-like career, it feels like. he's It's clear Kittle's elite, right? It's mm-hmm. not, it, you don't even, that's not hyperbole at this point anymore. But then, guy, their run game, it's like every guy that they roll out there, their least physical runner is Coleman, and he's pretty physical. But, like, Mostert, lowering his shoulder on contact. And you, you know where else you notice 31? Special teams, lighting guys up, making plays. That guy's a fucking player. He's one, Twitter doesn't acknowledge guys like that because Twitter tells me that Matt Slater's not a Hall of Famer, even though he's going to go to eight straight Pro Bowls. He's the captain of the Patriots. He addresses the Patriots at the end of the game in the locker room. Like, I, yeah, I mean, Belichick just names the guy captain, and Brady has him speak to the team. I, that's not a Hall of Famer. Because I, I think we, a little like basketball with defense, the casual football fan views special teams as like a throwaway. Like it means nothing. Yet it clearly means a shitload. I don't know if and, Matt Slater can be a Hall of Famer. But, I, but I, again, I'm not saying he is. I, I oh, just think okay. you could make the argument that he could be. He's going to be an eight or nine time pro bowler, team captain for one of the best teams in NFL history. Uh, he makes fucking big plays in every big game. But again, you're going to judge because he has one career touchdown or one career catch. I get it, but what would Belichick say? I don't know. He just kept him on the team and made him a captain for 10 straight years. But that's. But again, I'm not arguing semantics over Slater. It's more just when your team's physical, you feel it on special teams. Remember the Niners on special teams? They used to fucking dominate under Harbaugh. They would crush people. They couldn't always catch punts and stuff, but they would cover the shit out of kicks. You notice the Niners on kickoffs and punts? They got guy, bodies flying everywhere. Then Jeff Wilson Jr., this guy comes in. He's just running hard. He's a great. Like, he do they, he do they, dies for punts. He dove for a punt on Sunday night. Do they have a? I mean, do they have like a weakness? They don't really have a soft guy on the team, guy. Because yeah, the I, DBs, I, think about it. How are you going to be a pussy around Richard? It's clear the standard there is really high. Did you see, remember this? Who was the guy that tried to? Was it Chris Carson today for the Seahawks that went on a touchdown run? That was Penny. Oh, that was Penny. Who, yeah. who, big, what big, tackle yeah. attempt? Did you know what I'm talking about? He like touched him on the butt. Was he playing two-hand touch or was he, he even? Was, did, where were his arms? It was, it, was, it was the worst tackle attempt of Sunday, without question. Well, that the, there, the, well see, there was a uh, – who was the Niners' last touchdown? Was it Mozart or – it was Mozart to end kind of be the last touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter? The yeah. Packers quit. They didn't even try to tackle him. They quit. It, it wasn't quite as similar because Penny's run – 
was like 50 yards. So you got to see a lot of like full speed bodies where I think Mozart's was like 15. So it looked a little different, but had a similar vibe of like, yeah, if you just, we run into each other, maybe I'll attempt, but I'm not going to move my right arm around your backside <laughs> and attempt to bring you down. I felt like the Packers quit in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, well, I mean, they took it. once. Once your starting quarterback comes out of the football game, as we'll talk about with the Raiders, game's over. Guy, they like right. I mean, once Rodgers is out of the game, what are they? I agree. Are the Packers even if they won this game? I didn't necessarily view them as like a fourteen and two team, but I did view them as like 12, 11, 12 wins, like a really good team. And the Niners beat the living piss out of them. So anytime anytime that you get a quarterback like Rodgers. And a team that's going to win 11, 12 games, and you kick the shit out of them in a big game. Like it's not like the Packers weren't taking this thing seriously, right? They this is huge for them. This is a there's a massive swing of these four teams: Minnesota, Green Bay, 49ers, and Seattle. More than likely, those two teams that don't win the division are going to be the five and six seed. As we're recording this, the Rams, I guess, are still technically alive. They can beat the Ravens tonight, but. Those two teams could win 11, 12 games, and, and the Niners included, and be the five seed, the six seed. That's what's crazy. Like, the Packers are not out of the woods yet. I mean, they were ahead of Minnesota, but they still got to go to Minnesota. It's just, that was an ass-whooping of a really, really good team, of a yeah. team that's, I, I guess ultimately my point is, like, the fifth and sixth seed in this conference, like the Packers, Minnesota, Seattle, the 49ers, could easily win a couple games. Right, it's not going to be. If I tell you Green Bay is the five seed or the six seed, and they're in the NFC Championship game, that's believable, right? So we talked about this on the last podcast. I think Minnesota would be believable. Yes, Green Bay would. Dallas. I think well, they're going to get a home game. They're going to get a home game, so they only have to win one road game. Yeah. That's a little. That's why you could say, is Green Bay the six seed really that believable? They're going to go on the road twice. That's really hard. It is, but they have Aaron Rodgers. And their defense, I think, is, does have a good play. Like, they're not as bad as the Niners made him look today. Is that the best Kyle Shanahan win of his career? Or was the Rams I, win this year more impressive? Uh, I don't know. That's good. I mean, tonight had to be up there. I mean, that was a road but, game, and they, the Rams only scored seven points against Probably, them. A little, I'd say probably, probably more impressive to beat McVay. Like, are we sure... LaFleur is that good. Like, he's not bad, but it, like we talked about earlier, he inherited a really good team. They landed. How about how about Kyle tonight? You know, we I, I, I was hard on him over the offseason for some of his asshole tendencies because I do think sometimes, you know, listen, I get Belichick's an asshole of the scouts, but when you're younger, you know, just kind of respect the process. And again, I, I'm biased. And just some of the stuff he does with players. But it's also a great quality to have as a coach. School got literally schooled the first couple drives, and it yeah. was like, how are they going to block 55? And he's, he's giving shout-outs. guy's team captain giving shout-outs to the equipment manager back at home. You're like, God, this is a high-quality guy. That, I, was I read some really, stories was, that was impressive. Well, I've read some stories about him. Like, he his character – I mean, you're talking like uh, Steph Curry, like human. Like, they, <laughs> they love this human being. He changed their locker room. And then – and it turns out he's also an ass-kicker. I, I didn't know how they were going to block him. And then all of a sudden, Collinsworth is like, whoa, did they put – school's no longer in there. <laughs> Boom, he gets the hook. How often do you see that in the, in a big NFL game, guy? Even if it is a backup tackle I mean, or whatever, that's yeah, almost usually just kind of ride with it, right? 
He boom, Never. you're out. Brunskill, you're in. Now, I think the unique thing is like we've seen Brunskill play pretty well, right? This year, well, it's it's not crazy at all. Once you see it, I'm just saying, how often do you see that move made? Because look at the now, granted, no, no, he was the yeah, backup. I'm saying you don't, and part of it, I'm just wondering. I wonder if part of the reason is is Brunskill kind of even rare for that situation, just given that he'd already yes. played this year and played well. But even then. There are teams that have had a sixth guy play, and that guy doesn't just suddenly end up in the game. No, you you just usually leave the shitty guy in, and you're just like, we'll just try to hard, make it work. hard finding four good offensive linemen, let alone Cause, six. Because if I would have told you, like, how are they going to do it with school? You'd be like, I don't know. they got to figure something out. You wouldn't have thought, like, they're going to yank them. You just thought, well, they're going to just change some play calls. Right. Right? <laughs> he said, fuck that. Now, is there a chance the O-line coach gets in his ear like, he doesn't got it tonight. This is, we, we don't got it. And he's like, well, then Maybe yank him out. Maybe is the O-line coach. How, however it goes – he gets credit for okay in the go. Like, because there are a lot of times the position coaches want guys out of the game and they're not allowed to do that. Cause, cause the easy thing is like, no one's going to crush you if you leave school in. I mean, of course the guys played really well in your winning streak, but it was boom. The guy's out. I'd say school. Hey, it's probably it for your time as a starter. <laughs> now in fairness to school, that's just a tough matchup. I got, we talked about him all week. That guy's good. Their, their front's good. But Brunskill comes in, you don't really hear that much about him anymore. Maybe Brunskill, is he the greatest AAF player in the history of the AAF? I thought there was like a special teams guy that somebody had. There probably is. But you have to admit, Brunskill's right up there. He's playing for the best team in the league. No doubt. Became a starter after seven injuries and then somehow made his way after another an- injury of <laughs> Wally Pipp school mid- mid-game. Somebody should make an AAF Hall of Fame. Phil Savage be the uh, honorary... Spurrier uh, would be the coach. Spurrier would go in. <laughs> Phil Savage. Remember, F- F- Phil told me they had a very good chemistry in their building. That, a bunch of good guys. I think they were competing for the title when the thing went under. Yeah, well, the, he was in Arizona. Yeah, the Hot Shots. Or yeah, they, I think they they also claim a title. I've talked to Nick Aliotti, was their defensive coordinator. They claim Aliotti like, comes in the AF because yeah, he was Rick Neuheisel's DC. Because, oh yeah, because they beat the team. They beat Spurrier's team. I think that's why they claim the title too. Yeah, but Spurrier, I think, had more wins. Right. Yeah. I don't. I. Yeah. Maybe they were tied. Yeah. I don't exactly remember. If anyone but, wants to go down an AF rabbit hole, we'll take the information. Yeah. Is that on Football Reference? Just tweet at it. DM us. <laughs> I, I think uh, what's his name's kid, Ebersol's kid, just deleted the website. <laughs> just, just cleared everything. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.